Welcome to Zikru Dafsi Mani Member by Ram Goldhar, and today we're Mesekos Ksubis, Daf Pezain, the ninth Perka Kosovo Ishto. This is going to be an abbreviated shear. The Zikru Mesekos Ksubis program has been generously sponsored as a schus for Hachazachas Torah. So the three times we're going to focus on number one, the Mishnah on the bottom, Daf Pevav Amadav stated, Kasavla, Nedr Ushua Enli Alayak, if a husband wrote a star to his wife stating, I have neither a vow or an oath upon you. In Yachal Ashbiya Abamashbiya, who has Yosheel, must abide Rishusa. He may not impose an oath upon her, but he may impose an oath upon her heirs or her successors, which Rashi explains refers to those who purchased her ksuba before she got divorced or died. The Gemara asks, which oath does a husband's waiver exempt her from? Rav Yudah said in the name of Rav, al Patrapia Shanasis Bechaibala. It applies to the oath over an administrative position that she takes during her husband's lifetime. Rav Nachman said in the name of Rabba Rehavu, al Pogemus Ksubasa. The waiver applies even to the oath where she impairs her ksuba. This refers to a case where a woman coming to collect her ksuba admits that she collected part of her ksuba and her husband claims he paid her all of it. Typically, she would be required to take an oath that she's not been paid the remainder. But Mordecai said to Ravashi that it makes sense that the oath applies to a case where she impairs the ksuba for it enters the wife's mind at the time of marriage that she may need some money and need to collect part of her ksuba, so she tells her husband to write that he'll not require an oath when she wants the remainder. But according to Rav Yehuda, did the wife know she'll eventually be appointed an atropia? Ravashi successfully explains what Rav Yehuda's rationale was. Pointing to the next mission of state, If a woman impairs her ksuba by admitting that part of it was already paid, she may only collect the remainder with an oath that has not been paid in full. Rami bar thought to say that this is a derisive shvua of modem and mixas, but Rabbah brought two rebuttals. Firstly, there's a rule that all those that swear under the rice of law swear and do not pay, but here she's swearing and taking payment. Secondly, one does not swear concerning the denial of a lien on land, and in our case, a woman holds a lien on her husband's land through her ksuba. Rather, Rabbah explained the oath was enacted as a derabun because the paradaik, the mifuladaik, the one who pays a debt, is attentive to the details of his payment, whereas the one being paid is not as attentive. The Rabban therefore imposed an oath upon the woman in order that when she's paid, she should be attentive. Knowing that she'll have to swear when she comes to collect the remainder, she'll pay attention at the time of the initial payment. And point number three, the Mishnah said that if one aide testifies against her that the ksuba was paid, she may only collect with a shvua that it was not paid. Rami bar thought to say that this is a derisive oath where the Pusik states, A single aide shall not stand up against a man for any punishment or for any penalty. This implies that a single aide may, however, stand up for the purpose of making someone take an oath. And it was taught in a brisa, In any situation where two aidim cause a defendant to pay money, one aide obligates him to take an oath. After Rabba provides the same two-part rebuttal as above, he explains that this is a drabbanan in order to put the husband's mind at ease. Since his claim is supported by a single aide, whose aid is requires one to take an oath in other cases, the Rabban ordered her to swear before collecting. So once again, the three points are number one. The mission on the bottom, Pevav Amadav stated, If a husband wrote a star to his wife saying, I have neither a vow or an oath upon you, he may not impose an oath upon her, but he may impose an oath upon her heirs and her successors, which Rosh explains refers to those who purchased her ksub before she got divorced or died. The Gemara asks, which oath does the husband's waiver exempt her from? Rav Yudah said in the name of Rav, al patrapia shenasis bechaibala. It applies to the oath over an administrative position that she takes during her husband's lifetime. Rav Nachman said in the name of Rav Rehavu, al pogemus ksubasa. The waiver applies even to the oath where she impairs her ksuba. 
This refers to a case where a woman coming to collect her ksuba admits that she collected part of her ksuba and her husband claims he paid her all of it. Typically, she would be required to take an oath that she's not been paid the remainder. But Mordecai said to Ravashi that it makes sense that the oath applies to a case where she impairs the ksuba, for it enters the wife's mind at the time of marriage that she may need some money and need to collect part of her ksuba, so she tells her husband to write that he'll not require an oath when she wants the remainder. But according to Rabbi Yehuda, did the wife know she will eventually be appointed an anatropia? Ravashi successfully explains what Rabbi Yehuda's rationale was. Pointing to the next mission states, If a woman impairs her ksuba by admitting that part of it was already paid, she may only collect the remainder with an oath that has not been paid in full. Rami bar thought to say that this is a derisive shvua of modem and mixas, but Rabbah brought two rebuttals. Firstly, there's a rule that all those that swear under the rights of law swear and do not pay, but here she's swearing and taking payment. Secondly, one does not swear concerning the denial of a lien on land, and in our case, a woman holds a lien on her husband's land through her ksuba. Rather, Rabbah explained the oath was enacted as a derabun because the paradaik, the mifrodaik, the one who pays a debt, is attentive to the details of his payment, whereas the one being paid is not as attentive. The Rabban therefore imposed an oath upon the woman in order that when she's paid, she should be attentive. Knowing that she'll have to swear when she comes to collect the remainder, she'll pay attention at the time of the initial payment. And point number three, the Mishnah said that if one aid testifies against her that the Ksuba was paid, she may only collect with a Shvua that it was not paid. Rami bar thought to say that this is a derisive oath where the Pusik states, A single aid shall not stand up against a man for any punishment or for any penalty. This implies that a single aid may, however, stand up for the purpose of making someone take an oath. And it was taught in a brisa, In any situation where two aidim cause a defendant to pay money, one aid obligates him to take an oath. After Rabbah provides the same two-part rebuttal as above, he explains that this is a drabbanan in order to put the husband's mind at ease. Since his claim is supported by a single aid, whose aid is requires one to take an oath in other cases, the Rabban ordered her to swear before collecting. All right, so now we go to Simmer Da Pezain, and this simmer was suggested to us by Binyam Michel from Boca Raton and by Eli Behar from Ramat Pejamish. They both suggest that Pezain is a Golden Pez candy dispenser. Golden Pez candy dispenser. So here goes. When the CEO of the Golden Pez Candy Company got engaged for the third time, his new bride insisted that he write a star that he has no vow or oath upon her because he made his second wife make a rabun and shua that she only collected half of her Pez candies due on her ksuba and made his first wife make a rabun and shua when he brought a single witness to testify that her ksuba was paid. Once again, in slow motion. When the CEO of the Golden Pez Candy Company, Golden Pez Candy Company? That must be run off. Pays iron. When the CEO of the Golden Pez Candy Company got engaged for the third time, his new bride insisted that he write a star that he has no vow or oath upon her. Which reminds us, the mission on the bottom of the Pei Vav Amad Av stated, Kasava neder ushvua enli alayich. If a husband wrote a star to his wife stating, I have neither a vow or oath upon you, he may not impose an oath upon her, but he may impose an oath upon her heirs and her successors, which Rush explains refers to those who purchased a ksuba before she got divorced or died. The Gemara asks, which oath does the husband's waiver exempt her from? You just said in the name of Rav, it applies to the oath over an administrative position that she takes during her husband's lifetime. And Rav Nachman said in the name of Rav Baravahu, the waiver applies even to the oath where she impairs her ksuba. So when the CEO of the Golden Pez Company got engaged for the third time, his new bride insisted that he read a star that he has no vow or oath upon her because he made his second wife make it the Rabban Shvua that she only collected half of her Pez candies 
do under Ksuba, which reminds us, the next Mishnah states, If a woman impairs her Ksuba by admitting that part of it was already paid, she may only collect the remainder with an oath that has not been paid in full. Rami Barakhama thought to say that this is a derisive shvua of Moniba Mixvas, but Rav explained the oath was enacted as the Rabban because the paradaik, the Mifrodaik, the one who pays the debt is attentive to the details of his payment, whereas the one being paid is not as attentive. The Rabban therefore imposed an oath upon the woman in order that when she paid, she should be attentive. Knowing that she'll have to swear when she comes to collect the remainder, she'll pay attention at the time of the initial payment. So, when the CEO of the Golden Pez Company got engaged for the third time, his new bride insisted that he write a start that he has no vow or oath upon her. Because he made his second wife make it the rebundant shvua that she only collected half of her Pez candies due on her ksuba, and made his first wife make it the rebundant shvua when he brought a single witness to testify that Aksuba was paid. Which reminds us, the mission say that if one eight testifies against her, that the Aksuba was paid, she may only collect with the Shvua that it was not paid. Rav explains that this is a Rabbanan Shvua, Kedei Hapi's Daitu Shabal, in order to put the husband's mind at ease, since his claim is supported by a single aide whose testimony requires one to take an oath in other cases, the Rabbanan order to swear before collecting. So once again, when the CEO of the Golden Pets Company got engaged for the third time, his new bride insisted that he write a star that he has no vow or oath upon her, because he made his second wife make it the Rabban Shvu that she only collected half of her Pez candies due on her Ksuba, and made his first wife make it the Rabban Shvu when he brought a single witness to testify that her Ksuba was paid. All right, that concludes today's shir. This is Rabbi Avram Golden Zichu, wishing you a great day and great learning.